The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. And we are live to tape once again on the W2M Network with the Wrestling to the Max 205 Live review here for January 9th, 2018. Five for five. My name is Harry Broadhurst. Welcome, everybody. Joining me, as per usual, my co-host, Miss Liz Puglisi. Good evening, Liz. Hello again, Harry. I feel like we just did this. We did. You also make that joke every week, so we'll work on that. Well, if you have new material, by all means, feel free to submit it for approval. No, I don't. I suck at that stuff. I'm doing the best I can off the top of my head over here. Sometimes the best I have is not so great. Ask 205 Live this week and they'll tell you. You do amazing. Technically speaking, I can't complain too much about tonight's episode of 205 Live. But let's get to it, shall we? Let's. Again, available online, w2mnet.com. You know how it goes by now. I'm not going to give you the full spiel. If you want more information, check out the SmackDown Live review. Okay, moving on. We get highlights from Monday Night Raw of Cedric Alexander defeating Enzo Amore by countout in their Cruiserweight title match. Before we get started on tonight's show, I want to get your thoughts on the Cruiserweight title match from last night. I actually was really entertained by it there, and I thought it was one of Enzo's better single performances in the WWE. The fact that he had a gusher going for most of that match added a lot of intensity to that match that I don't think it would have had otherwise. I think... I went into it thinking, okay, fine, he's gonna he's gonna lose the belt. Um, and I was actually pleasantly surprised. I and I was surprised to find out that he didn't. And I also don't. I can't knock the way that he, you know, kept his title. I think I think it worked. I, I enjoyed the match. Actually, it was pretty entertaining. Clearly, we're not done with Cedric and Enzo. The question will be is whether or not Enzo will be cleared by the Royal Rumble, because for those of you who are unaware, Enzo did sustain a legitimate ankle injury during the course of their Cruiserweight title match last night. Thankfully, not not nearly as bad as it looked, because it looked like he had broken his ankle. He is in an air cast for tonight's episode of 205 Live, but we don't see Enzo until a little bit later on in the show, so we'll talk more about Enzo once we get to him. Our first thing of viewing for this episode of 205 Live is TJP, who returned last week, taking on Grand Metalik, who's returning this week, after having time off due to a knee injury, I believe uh, Vic Joseph said. I think that's right. Anywho, Grand Metalik picks up the win in about nine minutes with the Metalik driver, uh, Fireman's Carry Mishinoku driver, more commonly known as the Whiplash when Lash LaRue did it. But the question is, the post-match here, and I want to get your thoughts on this here. After the match, once Grand Metalik picks up the victory here, TJ Perkins goes around, or sorry, TJP goes around ringside and has what basically amounts to a gigantic temper tantrum. He throws stuff off of the announce table, tears off monitors, flips over the ring steps, yells at Charles Robinson, all the things that define a temper tantrum. Good for little Nate to get on camera, too. But anyway, (laughs) I want to get your thoughts on where you think they might be going with TJP here, as well as the Uh, matches, if you have anything. The match was really good. I I enjoyed it. I think I think got a nice amount of time. Um you know, and they each got in some, you know, really good stuff. But, I mean, we've seen them 
do the temper tantrum thing before. I think Christian Alicia did Fox. it. Alicia Fox. Um, and it's it's never worked, in my opinion, you know, or it has for a short period of time. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where they're going with this. I think TJP is definitely one of the ones that needed um, some refurbishing, you know, so to speak. Not sure if this was the way to go, you know, with it. But what do I know, really? They're the experts. Um, so we'll see. I don't know. I can't even. I don't even want to fathom whether where, where they're going with it. Um, you know, at the moment, it might just seem very out of the blue. Not to mention, my big thing here is that, yeah, it, it seems weird that they would bring T.J. Perkins back from his hiatus that he had. Part of that was to recover from a knee injury, granted. But the other part of it was was he was off of television for the better part of, like, two or three months before they brought him back last week with a win over... God, I'm drawing a blank. Why am I drawing a blank? Akira Tozawa, only to have him get pinned clean in the center of the ring this week by Grand Metalik. Yeah, I didn't understand that either. Um, I mean, okay, it's like, so do you want the guy that just came back to lose or the guy that came back last week to lose? All right, you know, I I get that. Um, But it's just very out of the, you know, out of the blue. And it's not something, like I just said, that that has really worked well for them, you know, before. But it does seem like they just kind of threw it together at the last minute. Yeah, my question is going to end up being, where do they end up going with this next week? Is it something that they expand upon next week, or is it something that just ends up being a one and done and completely thrown away going forward? Because they've been known to do that kind of stuff as well. Right. Yeah, they play around a little bit too much, but not give it enough time to gain traction. Random interviewer chick number six, a.k.a. Dasha Fuentes, is backstage interviewing Enzo Amore, who talks about the fact that he's doing okay despite the injuries and says that he should end up getting a tattoo to match with the Ford symbol because he's been built Ford tough. Okay, first of all, groan. Yeah. He then says that... He, go ahead, Liz. I just... I don't know where he gets some of his stuff from, if he makes it up or if somebody else does, but... He then says that he would defend the title tonight. However, he is not cleared by the staff. He is approached by Tony Nese, which is interesting to see him back on 205 Live this week. And Tony Nese says that not only does he want back on the Zo train, he wants to be at the front of the Zo train passengers. Tonight, he will not only beat Cedric Alexander, he will beat down Cedric Alexander for Enzo. Which telegraphs what's going to happen? Um, well, more specifically here, we kind of talked about the possibilities of what was going to happen when Tony Nice came back. Are you surprised to see Nice back wanting involved with the Zotrain here? Or do you think they would have been better off having him go his own way? No, I'm not surprised. I think, um, I think I actually prefer, surprisingly, what they're doing to, um, have him realign himself and then, you know, break away Maybe get himself back into Enzo's good graces before turning on him once and for all. Yes, I mean I could. I guess I could kind of see that going forward. It wouldn't surprise me too much. Yeah, I think a couple of them again, and excuse me, a couple of them are going to end up turning on him all at once. We'll see. 
No, I'm almost certain that Gulak's going to be one of the big ones to turn sooner rather than later. Although, where was he tonight? You know, that's the biggest, my biggest flaw with 205 tonight. No Gulak. <sighs> Sad. Jack Gallagher arrives and crack talks on Hideo Itami saying that he's not going to be here tonight because he got taken out last week as revenge for what Itami did to Brian Kendrick. If you haven't seen it yet, they replay it pretty much every week for you to check out Itami busting up Brian Kendrick's face. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah. He says... He says that he is here to ruin a day of Atami's life and that torture is a funny thing. Atami's music hits and proves that Gallagher is full of crap. They get into a little bit of a brawl at inside of the ring, which for the record, why in the world did Gallagher wait that long to attack? But anyway. He's a gentleman. <laughs> Damn it. Walked right into that. Catch my breath and try again. <laughs> I hate when you do that to me, Liz. Gallagher goes for the umbrella, but Atami stomps on the umbrella, grabs it away from Gallagher, and then attempts to thwack Gallagher with it, but Gallagher escapes the ring before anything happens. I know you guys don't like to claim him in New York, but if your fellow New Yorkie and Vince Russo was still there, I'd be almost certain this was leading to L- L- Umbrella on a pole. Oh, God, no. Why did you put that out there in the universe? Once Umbrella on a pole happens, you can all send your hate mail to s.garmer at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> It's a joke me and Patrick use all the time, and it still translates. Anywho, moving on. Cedric Alexander is interviewed backstage by random interviewer lady. I think Dasha still. And he talks about the fact that he gets his rematch down the road once Enzo's ready, and he's more motivated than ever to take the title. After Dasha exits, Goldust enters, and apparently Goldust is going to be a regular on 205 Live going forward. And says that he will be interested to see what happens and to make sure that Cedric keeps his head up at ringside, especially with Enzo being out there with Tony Nese for the match later on tonight. My question to that would be is if you knew that Enzo was going to be out at ringside for the match with Tony Nese and Cedric, why weren't you at ringside as well to help your friend? I don't know. Is Goldust like getting ready to retire or something and they're trying to find something, something for him to do? Well, I think that I think there have been rumors circulating that Goldust has been disappointed over not having any television time late lately. Yeah, I can, I can understand that, but it's like I don't know. I'd rather see him. I'd rather see him do it as Dustin than Goldust. If that makes that probably makes absolutely no sense whatsoever, but I could see him taking a cruiserweight. I mean, obviously, Goldust in his own way is a legend, um, ish. But um, I, could, I would almost rather him see take somebody into his wing as himself rather than Goldust. But whatever. Well, I mean, in terms of overall wrestling history, yes, as Dustin Rhodes, uh, the natural, whatever you want to call him, especially since he appeared as the natural at the Starcade show, that would make sense. However, in WWE lexicon, he's only been Dustin Rhodes once on a pay-per-view in the WWE, whereas most WWE Universe members will know him better as Goldust. I'm not too sure about that, especially with the way Twitter is. You know, maybe the kids, but 
anybody over the age of 10, you know, or whatever, they're on social media, they know who he is. Well, not to mention, especially if they're going to air the time-lapse videos of him putting his makeup on on television, too. Mm-hmm. Just so you know, kids, it's a work. Anyway, that that just bothers me when they intentionally break kayfabe with stuff like that. Like, I get that we're living in the reality era, but stuff like that just doesn't need to happen. Yeah, I mean, if we were discussing a different show, I could totally rant on something that irked me on (laughs) social media about that, but it has nothing to do with 205, so I'll spare everyone. Now I'm curious, so I'll talk to you about it after this show's over. (laughs) Okay, Enzo does come down ringside, and New Year's, same snuffleupagus on the microphone from Enzo. Yep. You literally missed nothing if you missed his intro. Yeah, You you did miss something if you didn't get a chance to see Cedric Alexander and Tony Nese, because in my opinion, second best match of the week. No, I saw it. The match was fantastic. I think that I think that the thing with Alexander is is when he's given the time and a story to present that he's more than capable of doing so, and when he has somebody that's capable of holding up in the ring with him, such as a Tony Nese is here, then they're able to put on standout performances in singles matches. The match with Enzo was him elevating Enzo to his level, although again, I think the accidental blood in that match kind of helped that match in order in terms of its intensity before, as I mentioned. This match right here was just a nice, fun exchange of moves and matches back and forth. And both of these guys getting to show off their trademark stuff while still having the character work from Tony Nese that he was trying to impress Enzo Amore the entire time, whereas Cedric Alexander was just out to get the victory and continue his momentum going forward into his rematch for the Cruiserweight title. Yeah, yeah I think Nice really shined in in, in his um, you know portrayal of the you know lackey trying to impress the the head guy there. Um, the match was probably my favorite match of the week. Um, I'll say that now. But I think Cedric really is getting to shine as well because for quite some time, Cedric was stuck in tag matches with he who must not be named um, till he's cleared of all charges. Um, so, you know, that, <laughs> that holds, you know, that, you know, that holds you back too. I mean, you're, I don't think Cedric at least now, is really tag team material. I think he has way too much to offer being a tag team right now or in too many tag team matches. Yeah, as entertaining as the team is with Rich Swan, it's like Cedric Alexander is probably the most capable guy not to have held that cruiserweight title yet on the roster. I agree. So they've been kind of teasing that now was Cedric's time and then it's been stopped started due to the various Enzo injuries or Enzo illnesses or what have you that now seems to be the time as good as any to pull the trigger on Cedric finally here. Plus, I'm curious to see where this whole thing with Goldust is going to lead to because it's even possible that this could lead to Alexander having a run with the Cruiserweight title and then possibly escaping the division such as a guy like Neville should have. Yeah, we'll only see. I mean, and Cedric is actually pretty entertaining. I've seen him on other, you know, social media platforms. He definitely can hold his own. Oh, even the stuff, even the stuff that he's doing with Gold Dust, he's more than holding his own. Absolutely. I mean, he's the new Booker T, but that's because Creative is apparently racist when it comes to Gold Dust. Don't forget Archer. 
Yeah, he's only allowed black friends. <laughs> yeah. I was trying uh, not to say that earlier. Seen, I don't know if you've seen the, vi- the picture that Matthew Gregg posted. Okay, do you know who Matthew Gregg is, first of all? No. Are you familiar with Botchamania? Oh, yeah, him? Yeah, I know who he is now, yeah. Yeah, he's the guy behind Botchamania. He posted the Zen Now Forever logo for the WWE. And a picture of gold dust with Booker T, R-Truth, and Cedric Alexander. I have to go look it up later, yeah. I can send you the link once we get off of the air. It's fine, yeah. no problem. But anyways, here, so that is the one consistent thing about this, about these episodes lately, anyway. But moving on, back to the show itself here. Yeah, I do want to give a special credit to Tony Nese for his character work in this match, too. Like you mentioned, he really stood out in his portrayal of the lackey trying to get Enzo Amore's attention. You know, which is nice because Tony is kind of normally portrayed as just like this, I guess a bit of a played into this, like this, you know, knucklehead who's, you know, just showing off his abs. So it was nice to see him... Be de- you know, develop his character a little bit more. Kind of steps <laughs> away from his Neanderthalic instincts. Yes. I mean, it'll be interesting to see whether or not they continue down this road. And as you said earlier, you think that this is just a big, long ploy for Tony to eventually turn on on uh, Enzo full-time. Well, I think everybody's eventually, except maybe one or two people is eventually going to turn on Enzo. I think it's... I, th- I think the only one who won't is Arya. I was just going to say that. I think he's the only one. And the reason I think that is because Arya, frankly, outside of Enzo, doesn't have a whole lot going for him right now. No, because he's one of the ones as well who's kind of stuck in this very almost stereotypical, you know, character (laughs) that is hard to break out of or really make your own. I would even go as far to say that he's not even a character so much as a caricature. Yes. He's a, like you said, he's a stereotype of what most people over here in the Western as the Western culture, as they would call it over there. Think of Middle Easterners. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily a good thing. No, definitely not. All right. Definitely not. So the finish for the match here has Cedric apparently hurt his foot or his ankle or his knee. The referee pulls Gulak. Uh, the referee, I miss you, Drew. Come back to us. I miss you, Drew. Don't do this to us. We need you. The referee pulls Nice away and then allows Nice to come back. And as soon as Nice comes back over towards Cedric, Nice gets caught and cradled for the three count there. Post-match... Cedric makes his way back to his feet and slowly starts to work the kinks out before proving to Ced- to Enzo and Tony that it was in that it was a what's the word I'm looking for here? It was a setup all along and his ankle, knee, foot, whatever it was is perfectly fine. Enzo yells at Tony to get out of the ring. Enzo gets in Cedric's face. Cedric feigns a kick at the bad ankle, sweeps his good leg and then hits him with a lumbar check to lay him out as the show goes off the air. Yeah, I enjoyed it. You know, everybody likes to see the, you know, good guy get a little dirty once in a while. So, I mean, and Enzo is certainly becoming the king of um, smarminess. So it was nice to see him get his just, you know, his just desserts there. 
I don't know that. How do I say this? I don't know that Cedric works as the anti-hero, though. I don't think it's good. I don't, and that is an that is not as an ongoing thing, but in a way to like kind of like mock, you know, Enzo, um, who's probably faked a whole bunch of injuries, you know, in his matches, or, you know, whatnot, or. And, and actually, you know, when he got hurt last night, I actually thought it was just part of the the, the, the storyline. I thought it was just him faking an injury to get out of it. Um, you know, so I think it was more meant like that type of thing as a, you know, kind of mocking Enzo rather than an anti-hero ongoing, something that's going to be ongoing. I suppose that's fair enough. I guess. All right. Do we have anything else to add about this particular show, or shall we go into ratings in one words? Yeah, they should never not have Drew Gulak on again. Yes, the show automatically loses a point from its overall final score because of lack of Drew Gulak. That's right. Mm -hmm. This is no longer longer 205 Live. This is the Drewtopia, and you deprived of its leader. That's right. How dare you? (laughs) <laughs> no, in all seriousness, Liz, uh, scale of one to ten, where does your rating fall for tonight's episode? Uh, same as SmackDown, five and a half. See, nice. I, I'm a little bit higher than that here. I, I'm going to go with a six and a half. Huh. And that's okay. because I actually enjoyed the in-ring content here, and I think that they were able to develop the storylines that they have in front of them without going too overboard with them. I'll give you that. But like you said... Needs more Drew Gulak. Yep. One word to describe the show tonight, Liz. Um, passable. I'm going to go with entertaining. Okay. And the reason I say that is sometimes sitting through the hour that is 205 Live can feel like a chore. Yeah, well, I don't mean passable and like you can skip it. Like passable, like and it was, you know, it was a passable episode. It was you know pretty good. It did what it it did what it needed to. Well, as I was saying, um, the thing that I meant with that is that a lot of times two hundred five live can be an can be a chore to sit through, even at an hour runtime. Yep. Tonight's episode of two hundred five live to me it seemed like the hour went by quick. Definitely was, did to the point that I thought I missed something. I thought I missed a match when we were going over the preview. <laughs> <laughs> I know, so did I, but because it it did it, it flowed really well tonight, which is something it doesn't always do. Um, well, that's what happens that, when they try to shoehorn, shoehorn in three and four matches on these shows. This yeah. formula right here works best. Two yeah. good matches, give some time for some angle development, let some people have some mic time in order to establish their characters. Exactly. That's exactly what it needs to do. Do we have anything? Do you have anything to plug before we get out of here, Liz? No, I never do. I never will. We gotta find you something else so that you have something to plug. Maybe you can plug your Tupperware store or something. Nah. Or not. <laughs> Alright, well, if it makes you feel any better, I got enough crap to plug for both of us. Yes. I'm sure Sean can find something for me to plug if he wants to. The new 90s cartoon uh, podcast we're gonna do. Oh, you. Killer Tofu. 
Okay, A, we're getting sued for that. B, I have a terrible singing voice. All right, before we get out of here, let me do some quick plugs. Tomorrow night, the kickoff, episode 20. Myself, Eric Watkins, Brandon Biscoving, Sean Garmer here and there if the arguing gets too noisy. We break down the weekend that was in the wildcard games. We preview the weekend that will be in the divisional playoff games. We talk college football national championship game as well and give you our thoughts for the way too early thoughts for the 2018 season in college football as well. Royal Rumble Sunday, Wrestling Unwrapped returns. Myself and Patrick Ketza bring back WU Reacts to the 2018 Royal Rumble. The following week, we return to our normal Wrestling Unwrapped format show to be determined. This is the 205 Live review. Liz and I also do a SmackDown review, which is available in most of the same places that you're probably listening to this very 205 Live review. Monday nights, myself, Tony Acero, and Andrew Ballas do the Raw Reaction on Chairshot Radio Network. Uh, search for Chairshot Radio on you, on Google. You'll find it on uh, Blog Talk Radio. Uh, we break down Monday Night Raw every, ni- every Monday night live after the show goes off the air at 11.30 p.m. I think that's all my plugs. That's a lot. Yeah. It's even more diff- It's getting more and more difficult to remember. Oh, there's one other plug, too. I just remembered. See what I mean? Too many plugs. And Paul, you can chime in for this one, too. New Japan. Woo, we did. Japan. S- Tell them what we did. Oh, me plug it. Okay. Uh, yeah, this uh, for Wrestle Kingdom 12. Uh, not only did myself and Gary review it on Monday's episode of Wrestling to the Max, and Sean wasn't there. Uh, he did his uh, Thursday. Thursday, whatever. It was a day. We did a review. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Finally, you find everything else. <laughs> myself, Harry, and Sean uh, did a very special episode, just straight up talking Wrestle Kingdom 12 as well as New Year's Dash, uh, which gets the new year kickstarted for New Japan going into New Beginnings at the end of February, um, or middle February, end of January, all that great stuff. So go give it a listen. It's two hours, just straight up New Japan. I know people love that, so. Yeah, if you're more of the New Japan persuasion here, then make sure you check out both Gary and Paul's review of Wrestle Kingdom on the Thursday episode of Wrestling to the Max from last week, as well as all three of us covering Wrestle Kingdom 12, as well as New Year Dash. Uh, To put it into perspective, Liz, because I know you're not real big into New Japan, it's basically their Raw after WrestleMania. Right, that I knew, mainly from chat. And then, <laughs> we took then over we'll have, chat. <laughs> and then we'll have our SmackDown after WrestleMania come April 10th. <laughs> Assuming Liz April. hasn't gotten tired of my crap and crap and left me by then. Wait, when is WrestleMania? What day? April 8th. Oh, April 8th. Okay, good. It is not Easter Sunday. Vince learned his lesson. Well, yeah, I still would have watched, but I'll actually be away that weekend, that's why. I hope Liz doesn't go away. I love her slamming you every episode. It's great. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I mean, no, no, I should stop that. I should for, the, for the record, Paul, if she does go away, I'm going to personally petition to Sean that he make you my co-host. That's probably what would happen anyways. <laughs> so you better hope she doesn't go away, too. It just means I get to slam you, then. That's right. <laughs> I mean, no, no, live, okay. no matter what. At least I can keep my day straight. <laughs> I'd say you podcast three days a week, but you probably already do. So, <laughs> um, yeah, three in a row, actually four with <laughs> wrestling and rap returns. Yeah, it's crazy. 
Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Again, as I said at the end of the SmackDown Live review, Nana, Nana Boo Boo. <laughs> For our executive producer, Paul Leeser, my co-host, Miss Liz Puglisi, I'm Harry Broadhurst, thanking you for listening to the 205 Live review here, brought to you by Wrestling to the Max and the W2M Network, available online at W2Mnet.com. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you next Tuesday night. Previous podcast is a W2Mnet.com original podcast. For more great content like this, go to W2Mnet.com for the worlds of wrestling, video games, entertainment, and sports.